a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Let's pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for healing us. We thank you for meeting us at our very point of every need. Not just a few needs, but every need. And so, God, we just worship you this morning. We we appreciate your spirit in this place this morning, God. And so, God, as we prepare to, to deliver your word, as I stand to deliver your word, I pray that you would give me a fresh anointing today. Know me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, that I might give your people what you have given me to share with them. God, I pray that they will all be edified. You will be glorified. If there's anyone here today that has not received the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that they will come and ask him, what must I do to be saved? And so God bless us now as we enter into the preaching moment. May the people see all of me, I'm sorry, all of you, and none of me. May they hear all of you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? As you're standing to to your feet, I want to say welcome to our visitors. If you're visiting with us today for the first time, those of you that are in the house and those of you that are on Facebook Live and Zoom, we want to say welcome to Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church. We are a the little church with a big heart that serves a big God. Amen? So we appreciate your presence. You have a whole lot of options. You could have gone anywhere. You could have stayed in bed, bedside Baptist and watch any church you wanted to by way of technology. So we just just appreciate you tuning in to Little Zion Baptist. Wherever you are, no matter what part of the city or the world you in, you are in. We, we appreciate your presence this morning. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for our Thank you. Certainly give God praise for Reverend Carter. She's in the house this morning. Yeah. Give God praise for Reverend Bird. Yeah. He's in the house this morning. officers and officials of this church and all of you God's people we want to give God glory for our first lady this morning. She's looking good this morning. She came downstairs this morning with that dress on I said Lord have us. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 15. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. How's the audio? It's good. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. The NIV. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Same thing we discussed in Bible study. We're going to dig just a little bit deeper this morning. Yes, sir. And it reads like this. You can find it on the screens, or if you have a Bible on your device, however you want to follow along, I'll read the NIV. You can follow along in your favorite version. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. 
He said to Abraham, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there is a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, or said, said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for, for the burnt offering? Yeah. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Yeah. If you'll skip down to uh, verse 13, it says, Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. Yeah. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. Hallelujah. And to this day, yeah. It is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The Lord will provide. That's good news, y'all. Yeah. I want to use verse 2 as to build our thesis on, if you will. Verse 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son, yeah. whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. I want to use as a subject this morning, if you will, this wasn't part of the deal. All right, all right, all right. This wasn't well, part of the deal. How many of you have uh, experienced some things that God didn't tell you about? This wasn't part of the deal. You may be seated. You may be seated. It wasn't part of the deal. By show of hands, we'll do a quick survey. When, when you were in school, or for those of you that are still in school, how many enjoy taking tests? Well, I don't see a hand up at all. One last time, anybody enjoy taking tests? Go once, go twice. Nobody. Most of us, the reality is, most of us dislike taking tests. Now, I'm still in school, I'm in seminary. I, I don't mind reading the homework assignments. There's a whole lot of reading. I don't mind doing the research. I don't mind writing papers or the discussion questions. Don't really mind listening to the lectures, all of that is good. That's part of studying or acquiring a degree or a master's degree or whatever you're chasing in your academic endeavors. But when it comes to the test, 
that, that's where you begin to lose my interest. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when there's a test on the syllabus or on the schedule, that, that, that's where I begin to get a little yes, dismayed, if you will. Yes, and we, some of us that are a little older, we may still have some anxiety issues over a certain test we took in school or some other point in life. It really, it usually has nothing to do with our ability to pass the test, but what makes uh, tests so distasteful is the enormous amount of stress and anxiety experience in preparing to take them. Amen. And then after that, then you feel a sense of exhaustion and you need a little bit of time to recover after you have completed that test. But no matter how difficult taking academic tests might be, it is nothing compared to having our faith in God tested. We should, we should know this morning that God will test us. Just as we see in the text, he is testing Abraham. This is a, a simple truth, y'all. At some point, God will test us. I, I don't like it. I, I, I can argue that it isn't fair. But no matter what, I say that's not going to change the fact that God will test us. We may not like it, but that's just the nature of it when, we come, when it comes to Serving God is not going to change the fact whatever we have to say, it will come at some point in time. Amen. And as soon as we accept that fact, the better of our chances of passing the test that God is going to send us through. Amen. And so here we are today. God has, we've spent the last six or seven weeks looking at Abraham and Sarah. And here we are, God has fulfilled his promise of providing Abraham an heir through Sarah by allowing her to conceive a son. But now, several years later, God is speaking to Abraham again. And if I, when I look at this text, this might be one of the most confusing, disturbing, or complex narratives that we'll find in the Bible. It is God, God appears to Abraham again to test him, asking him to offer up his beloved son as a sacrifice. Think about that for a minute, if you will. You prom he promised him a son 25 years ago. Abraham and Sarah have spent all these years waiting for the son that God has promised them. And now God tells him to take him and kill him. That's heavy, y'all. Don't care how, how many ways you slice it, 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 it is heavy. And so as we, as we try to understand what's going on here, it is important that we make the distinction between being tested and being tempted. For the Bible tells us that Satan is the one who tempts us. Jesus had to deal with this in the wilderness as well. Matthew 4, verse 1, it, it clearly states, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so just like, just like Satan tried to do with Jesus, he wants to entice us and lure us into harmful or sinful situations. That's the temptation. But the Bible also tells us that it is God who tests us. 
Jeremiah 20, 12 says, But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my case, my cause before you. God will test us, but he will never tempt us. Amen. Amen. And so I got good news for you this morning. I want you to know this morning, God is not trying to trick you or lead you into harmful situations. Walk away with that. God is not trying to trick you and lead you or lead you into harmful situations. God does not want to kill you or destroy you. Listen to this very familiar verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God simply wants to know if you can handle the pressures of life, the trials, and the tribulations. Amen. And so we, we should understand that God is not trying to harm us. not trying to trick us. He simply wants to know if we can handle the pressures of life, the trials and tribulations. He simply wants to know if our faith can survive those testing moments. Amen. Amen. And so as we look at chapter 22, there are several similarities between chapter 22 and verse, or chapter 12, I'm sorry. Genesis 22 records this test of Abraham's faith. He, he couldn't have anticipated that coming. But it was a, an opportunity, if you will, for Abraham to demonstrate the lessons of faith he learned over the years of following the Lord. All right. That's what it means for us. It's an opportunity yeah. to demonstrate the lessons we've learned over the years of following the Lord. Amen. You recall years earlier, God called him to leave his home and travel to a land he didn't know. Oh, yeah. God promised him all strength. Yeah. Only to make him wait 25 years, as we see from the birth of Isaac. Wow. All right. This delay already allowed Abraham, or it should have allowed Abraham, to learn important things about faith. Yeah. What have you learned about your faith over the years? Right. But now all these lessons, they have culminated into this one test. Abraham, he would go on to discover the depths of his own faith. While God even now provides a foreshadow of the greatest gift to come, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we see how now at, at 75 years of age, he had to leave. He left into the unknown. He was promised offspring. All these events served to teach Abraham about God's trustworthiness and to deepen his faith. But there's a glaring question today. There is a, a glaring issue we have to deal with. And the question becomes, why does God test us? Several things you want to know first is, is to, to reveal the process of our growth. And so we can learn the areas where we need to develop. We talk about none of us just like test. Nobody raised their hand. But in a, in a classroom setting, a teacher, she will, he or she will test their students to see if they're comprehending the information. And so the test is a measuring device, if you will, to determine how much we are allowing God to transform us into the likeness of his son, Jesus. So the purpose of the test is not that we failed it. But to reveal the progress of our, our growth and to, to reveal areas of our lives that need to be developed. Yeah. 
But secondly, I believe God will sometimes test us to prepare us for greater things. I believe God will test us to prepare us for greater blessings, if you will. Now, greater blessings are not always about finance. Those things are good in their own right, but it's, it's, always, it's not always about finance. The blessings of God are much more than materialistic growth. So we have to be careful how much how we measure growth by what we have. As we see with Abraham, God simply wants to bless us. Uh, sometimes God tests us. He uses tests in our lives to develop character. That's a blessing. Having grown in your character, that's a blessing. He, sometimes he tells us he wants to, uh, to develop our knowledge or deposit knowledge into us or see how much knowledge of him we have retained. And so when we understand that, we can understand that God wants to give us greater blessings by way of testing. Let me put it to you like this. God wants us to create, or God wants to create a deeper foundation in us Man. or with us so that we won't be crushed yeah. by all the things Satan in this world tries yes. to pull us. Yeah. So, so why does God test us? It's all about growth. It's all about blessings. So then what, what should we do? What should we do? How should I or you or how should we respond to the fact that God tests our faith? Right. Right. Here's another question. Why can't I just be a good Christian and just mind my business <laughs> going about my very own way? And just mind my business and go about my very own way. Come here, brother. Why are you messing with me, God? <laughs> Here's another question I was thinking about. Why can't I love God without having to prove my love and faith towards God? I, I don't know if you sit around and think about stuff like I do. But when I'm studying a test, these are the things I ask myself. Why? Why can't I just go to church? Sit in the back, <laughs> clap my hands, right. put a little bit of money in the basket, right. and then go on back home and buy my business. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm going to give you two things. Here's the first thing we must understand. Number one, testing reveals commitment. Okay. Why me, God? Testing reveals commitment. This wasn't part of the deal. Testing reveals our level of commitment to God. Mm -hmm. Let me say it to you like this. God wants to know if you are authentic or genuine or if you fall into the other category, which is fake it till you make it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now I'm grabbing So testing, God wants to know if we are who we say we are. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The authenticity of our faith. Uh-huh. That's right. If I can put it to you another way, if, when your faith is tested, it shows the depth of your devotion to God. Okay. What's that thing we used to say? I didn't have them enough. We used to say, uh, don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. That's one of those cliches we used to use. Yeah. So when we talk, when we talk about commitment and devotion, we should know this about God. 
God does not want anything to take first place in your devotion other than God himself. God does not want a place in your life. Right. He, he, he wants first place in your life. He doesn't want uh, significance in your life. He wants to be the most important being in your life. God desires, God deserves, and God demands preeminence in your life. Exodus 23, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what God says. Look at the text, verse 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him. There is a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. In verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, he took with him two of his servants, and his son Isaac, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Notice Abraham's response to the testing of God. Notice that there are no words spoken by Abraham. No words. So when we when we look at this, we have to we have to see there are several things in this in this text that Abraham is dealing with. Abraham is wrestling with some things, and I would argue that we must deal with these same things as well. So when God tests us, the first thing that comes up is the love question. When we when we when, when God is testing our commitment, just trying to see where we're at. The first thing that comes up is that love issue. And the question is, who or what occupies the highest place in your heart? God tells Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go. God says, sacrifice him. How would you respond to that? It appears when we know Abraham loved Isaac. But we can see that Abraham also loved God more and did what God said. God wants first place. Now, as, as God, when God tests our heart, we face the same. There's, a, there's another question we have to face. What, what occupies the highest place in your heart? Is it God or is it someone else? Is it the pursuit of pleasure? The pursuit of money, reputation, power, position? Etc. Are those things occupying the highest place in our heart over God? Maybe that's why God tested us. But this is why Jesus, he sets a high standard for being his disciple. In Luke 14, 26, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Amen. That word hate is a strong word. Yes, it is. But Jesus is simply saying you cannot have anybody over him. Amen. Jesus informs us that in comparison with everything else, God must occupy the higher position in our heart. Everything else will be second. So then it comes to obedience. Will you or can you obey God even when you don't understand? To us, when we look at this, what God is telling Abraham to do, it makes no sense. It probably didn't make sense to Abraham either, but 
It really didn't have to because Abraham just did what he was told. We see in verse 3, it says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Notice Abraham, he responded quickly in obedience. God had, God had told him to leave. He didn't tell him, he didn't, watch it, he didn't tell him when to leave, but Abraham left quicker than he probably understood when to leave. He obeyed God immediately. And so, this is what I would call the pinnacle of obedience. So, so we, we see a testing, testing reveals our commitment, but it also gives us a glimpse of what it means to be obedient to God. We know that Abraham has learned to trust God. God has made good on his promise to Abraham, so his faith in God propels his obedience to God. What does that mean for us? That means for, for us, in order for us to obey God, it is critical that we hear God. Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, right. Yes, sir. In, in order for us to actually, truly hear God, there has to be a, a listening, if you will, a quiet place for us to hear God. We got to have quiet time, y'all. Sometimes we have to get along, get isolated, so we can actually hear God. So, so often when we struggle to hear God, it becomes a matter of listening. It's not that God is not speaking. It's just a matter of us not listening. But when we do hear God, there should be immediate obedience. When you truly understand that God will lead you, no matter how much sense it does or doesn't make, then you can respond obediently. That's what we see here in Abraham, in Abraham verses 2 and 3. God tells him what to do in verse 2. Then in verse 3, the next morning, he sets out. But when it comes to us, sometimes we procrastinate. We delay because we simply don't understand, y'all. We, we, get, we get confused because it's something totally out of left field. And then our procrastination becomes a form of disobedience. I believe we miss out on so much that God has for us because we, we procrastinate or delay our obedience to God. Our, our visions may die. We miss out on opportunities that we could have had. We miss out, on, miss out on so much more because we won't be obedient about a thing or step out on faith. And then in turn, most people, they, they procrastinate until the vision dies or the opportunity has passed them by. So testing reveals commitment, whether we realize it or not. But then when we are truly committed to God, then we are compelled to be obedient to God. And this leads me to my second point. Second point number two, obedience means sacrificing treasures. It means sacrificing treasures. God has, God has spoken to me. He has given me instruction. He wants to see my level of commitment. But it's time for me to obey, obey God. Uh, obedience means sacrificing treasures. It, it means giving God simply your very best. Amen. God is asking a whole lot of Abraham here. He's asking a whole lot. And you should know your, your faith is truly being tested when it calls into question what you're willing to sacrifice. 
Obedience means sacrificing treasures because the things we treasure the most are the hardest to give up. God is asking Abraham to give up the thing he, he treasures the most. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, for where, your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We see in this text, y'all, we see in this, this text commitment, devotion, but also just how far Abraham was willing to go to obey God. All right. I stand to tell you this morning, true faith, authentic faith, it will go to any limit to obey God. He said to his servants in verse 5, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back. Verse 6, Abraham took the, the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire in the life as, as the two of them went on together. Abraham was sacrificing the whole lot. He was sacrificing the future. He was sacrificing the future because remember back in chapter 12, God promised him that he was going to give him many descendants. A nation and nations will come of you and all nations will be blessed because of Abraham and his descendants. Yeah. So when he offered up Isaac, he was putting the future on the line. But not only the future, he was also sacrificing family, y'all. He, he was willing to sacrifice his own son. Can you imagine that? How, how, can, how can you tell somebody that you sacrifice your family because that's what God told you to do? What was he going to tell Sarah? What would he tell other people? So he was also sacrificing, he was sacrificing future, he was sacrificing family, he was sacrificing also fellowship. Yes, sir. I'm sure if it came to the point that he had to tell people, I'm sure after he, he told other people what he had done, they would want nothing else to do with him. I'm sure there would be others who wouldn't understand there, there, will, there will be songs that will say, Abraham, you've done wrong. You shouldn't have did that. God doesn't ask, ask that of you. That's too great of a sacrifice. The point I'm trying to make to you is, what God is asking of you will not make sense to anyone but you. That's the point I'm trying to make. So if God says, go, go. There are going to be people who, who don't understand. There are going to be people who uh, look at you sideways, if you will. But when God says, do this, he's expecting obedience. The question I have this morning again is, will you give God your very best? He, 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 God wanted the thing that had Abraham's heart. The very thing. I, obedience to God will, it will require us to give up things we treasure. Yes, it is. Here's the last one I want to share with you. Number three, obedience reveals confidence. Mm -hmm. It reveals confidence, y'all. Yes. We just sang that song, I know the Lord will. Yes. That's, that's confidence. Oh, yeah. I know the Lord will take care of me. I know the Lord will provide for me. That's the, that is a song of confidence. Yes. We see that in Abraham. He doesn't speak it, but we see it. Mm -hmm. I want you to know this. When we are fully committed to God 
and have sold out to God in obedience becomes a matter of signifying you have total confidence in God. When you really look at God, he, he simply wants to know if we trust and fear him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we have faith in him. Yeah, yeah. But then God blesses us through our obedience that he desires from us. That's where it's at right there. When we're obedient, God blesses us. Maybe you're here this morning, you're online or Facebook Live or Zoom. Maybe you've been feeling confused about something God is telling you or trying to show you. Maybe you're unsure about what God is telling you to do. I encourage you this morning, whomever you are, wherever you, wherever you are, to trust God and be obedient. If that's you this morning, trust God. Be obedient. Obedience releases blessings from God. Look at verse 12. He had, Abraham has gotten to the point. He, he, he is at the climax of this obedience moment, this test, if you will. But God steps in, y'all. He said, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now that now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son. Your only son. Yes, Abraham looked up and there in the thinking he saw a ram caught by his horn, what we often call a ram in the bush. The Bible says he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his Son, I, I can't tell you this morning, obedience releases the blessings of God. And so, so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Beloved, can I tell you this this morning? Don't hold back anything from God. Come on now. Come on now. If, if, if there's one thing you take away from church today, take away this. Don't withhold anything from God. There, there was a substitute for Isaac, and Isaac didn't have to die. Abraham, he passed the test. What God was saying to Abraham was this, you've not withheld anything from me, therefore I will not withhold anything from you. I just believe when we give God our best, he won't withhold any good thing from us. I simply believe when we Because you will be saved from a whole 
whole lot of drunk. You'll be saved from a whole lot of heartache and headache. So if God, if it's really good for you, and God asks you to give it up, trust that we, He will meet you at the point of your need. Amen? Amen. So, so, so finally, after God stops Abraham and provides the sacrifice, he called that place the Lord will provide. In other words, Abraham said, Lord, if you want it, you can have it. God said to him, it's really you that I want, Abraham. It's really you that I want, Brother Zion. It's really you that I want, Brother Cole. It's really you that I want, Pastor Henderson. It's really you that I want, Lady Renee. God tests us because he wants us. The authenticity of our faith. The level of our commitment. I love King James. King James says Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. Watch this. King James says, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh simply means God is our provider. Uh, God has already, he already has provision in place for you. He just wants your obedience to get there. In, in other words, if he has given you a command, trust and believe he has already made the way. You got to believe that God will meet you in the very thing he has called you to. So when Abraham, Abraham went on one side of the mountain, God had the ram already coming up here. Abraham couldn't see it, but God could see it. God, maybe you can't see it, but God sees you. He will provide you. God sees your needs. Do you have faith to trust God? Yes. Are you putting all your confidence in Him to see that He will, to know that He will provide for your needs? It's obedience, y'all. I said at the top, God is not trying to harm you. He has a plan for you. He wants to give you a He wants to give you a hope and a future. He wants to prosper you. So the lesson today is God's testing in your life serves more than to prove your faith. But it's also an opportunity for God to prove to you his faithfulness. It, it, it is an examination of our faith. We believe that God will work in any situation that we may be in. We believe, we gotta believe that God will work in spite of the questions I, I may have. You gotta believe that God will work in spite of the confusion I may have. He simply wants you to obey. You gotta believe that God will work out the situation, any any situation that you are in. That's the kind of faith we must have in God. When the going gets tough, we ought to trust God. That He's gonna work it out for your good and for His glory. We gotta trust God this morning. Abraham passed a test. We don't just we don't like tests, but we still have to pass this test right here. We see with Abraham his, his reverence for God. We, we see his love for God. We see worship. We see obedience. And we know that God rewards us for our faith. Amen. I, I just want to let you know this morning that God will fulfill his promises. He will do what he said he would do. So, so leave here encouraged today. 
I don't know what you're going through this morning, but leave here encouraged that they know as the Lord, as the text said, God sees you. God will meet you at the point of your needs. So leave here today with that. God will meet you. Not at the very point, but at every point. Not just the very point, but every point of your needs. Amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.